Greetings and welcome back to Shnayim Mikra, the program sponsored by the OU, in which we discuss various aspects of this week's Parashat HaShavua, focusing in each podcast on a subsequent Aliyah. Today we're going to look at the fifth Aliyah of Parashat Chaye Sarah, this week's Parashat, and we are in the middle of the negotiations between Abraham's servant and Rivka's family for the hand of Rivka and for permission to bring her back to Eretz Canaan immediately for marriage with Yitzchak. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom, and I am pleased to share these words of Torah with you. We are in Pasuk Nun Gimel, verse 53 of chapter 24. And so besides the jewelry that the servant had given Rivka out by the well, he took out some silver vessels, gold vessels, some clothing, this, of course, is somewhat foreshadowing the Exodus. He gave her brothers and her father and her mother some sweets. Which, by the way, is an interesting turnaround because if you recall, when he first came, they offered him food. He refused to eat until he said his words. He said his piece. They agreed to have Rivka go, and then he provides the food. So there's a turnaround here in the power situation. Uh, and it uh, turns something else around because the, uh, up until this point, the scene is reminiscent of Avraham's hospitality, which he spoke about in the previous podcast, uh, famed story in the beginning of Parshat Vayera, uh, which now gets turned around because now he, the guest, is the one who is offering the food from which they are eating. This, by the way, was not uncommon in the Near East for a meal to accompany a uh, covenanting or signing an agreement. Uh, and so this perhaps is what the meal was, sort of a festive meal of anticipation of a marriage. And they evidently had quite a party, and they slept over. And the morning he got up and said, it's time for me to go home to my master. This is a little bit reminiscent of a story much later in Tanakh, but a story that ends horribly, and that is the story of Pilegesh Pigivah, where the husband uh, every day wants to leave, and his father-in-law keeps making a feast for him, and it's too late to leave, and finally he does leave a little too late in the day, and the rest, of course, is the miserable history of Shevet Binyamin in that point. Um, so now they speak up, and father evidently is silent here. So they say, let the girl stay here for a while or for ten. And so the way we understand it is the amim means a year or ten means ten months and let her go. In other words, she's either not old enough or let her get ready for her marriage. Typically in the ancient world, betrothal would take place and then anywhere between a number of years and at least a few months later, the marriage would take place during which time the girl had time with her parents to get ready for her married life. So that's what they're asking for. And what's his response? Don't delay me. God has successfully sped my way. Important to note, the word which in modern Hebrew means to be successful, in Tanakh actually means to have something happen very fast. That Yosef was in each matzliach is not so much testimony to his success, but to his rapid rise to success. So here again, God has 
made, made me successful very, very quickly. Uh, and so don't delay me. You know, so we're on a pace here for success. Don't slow it down. Send me in a sense of giving permission to go and let me go back to my master. Now notice what his, what his consideration is. When they say let the girl stay here, in no wise is he re- prepared to leave without her. To leave without anybody if there was nobody or to leave without a girl who refused to go is one thing. But to have a girl who's there and for him to leave her behind would be very irresponsible. So he's going to stay. So his request is let me go now, meaning let me go and go with her now. Uh, and so they do something strange. Let's ask her. Let's ask the girl what she wants. This seems to indicate that Rivkai is already old enough to be worthy of asking such a question, besides the fact that you have to be something of, uh, of a young lady to be able to take care of all of those camels, etc. And so what happens? Let's ask her. They say, are you going to go with this man? She says, yes, I will go. Thus proving what we said in yesterday's podcast about Rivka really being someone who imitates the direction of Abraham. Um, and so they accept it. They said, let's ask her. She said yes. Now, perhaps they were sure she, she would say no, and they bet on that, or maybe they really were being uh, acting in her interest, and once her interest was clear that she wanted to go. Either way, by Shachut Rivka Achotam, so they said to Rivka, their sister. Now the word ach and achot in Sefer Breshit specifically and in Tanakh in general don't always mean sibling. Sometimes they refer to a different generation, such as Avraham referring to Lot as my brother, Anashim Achim Anachnu. It could also be outside of the family. Chiram says to Shlomo, Arim Ha'ila Achi, even though they're not related in any way. But here, uh, it, it, it seems to mean that the other family members regard her as an achot. They sent her wet nurse. Now, who's a wet nurse? Is that someone who's nursing her? Highly unlikely. It seems to be somebody who would be the meneket for her anticipated children. So this is a wealthy family. And now we find out, as we asked earlier, that the Evid did not come alone. He came with an entourage, as is appropriate. And if he really is a Khan Beto, as perhaps is necessary. So they blessed her. And what was their blessing to her? You should become tens of thousands. In other words, you should have kids who will have lots of kids, etc., etc. And what's the greatest blessing I can give you? That your children should inherit the gates of their enemies. In other words, they should be successful in any battle that they fight and they should overcome their enemies and conquer their land. And now she has some young women with her, or also her entourage. They evidently are all slave girls, including her wet nurse, and they get up on the camels. And they went after following the man. And notice this pasuk, what did they say to him earlier in the end of the previous aliyah? Take her and go. He took her, and he went. In the meantime, back at the ranch, and as I mentioned earlier, this is the first time that we hear about Yitzchak since the Akedah. Yitzchak came from his comings to Be'er Lachairoi. What is Be'er Lachairoi? It's a well that where Hagar had her vision. And she called it Be'er Lachairoi, the place where the living God has seen me. Um... 
And evidently, this is a place that Yitzchak would go to meditate, to pray, for isolation, for whatever purposes. Yitzchak lives in the, in the Negev. Many, many commentaries, what this means, did he go out to, to, to meditate, did he go out to speak, did he go out to uproot and clean some bushes, did he go out for perhaps some other need, uh, as though as some modern commentators have suggested. In any case, he is out in the field, this is the end of the day. So this is the end of the same day that they're coming back, they make it back evidently in a day, perhaps several days. Um, he casts his eyes up. Now that's the same phrase that we had in the case of the Akedah when Avram cast his eyes up and saw the mountain, when Avram cast his eyes up and saw the ram. Later on, when, Av- when Avram cast his eyes up and saw what ha- was happening to Stone, this is a phrase in Tanakh which just doesn't just refer to ver- vision being vertical on a slant, uh, horizontal on a slant, but rather it refers to some sort of prophecy or seeing something which is significant in one's life and will chart one's future. And he looks up and he sees, Now notice, Yitzchak, and Rivka, Well, they can't both be looking up at each other. Somebody's higher up, and in this case, Rivka is. But Rivka also has this sense of vision. Yitzchak saw camels. She saw Yitzchak, and what was her reaction? She fell off of the camel, whether she fell off intentionally in order to be able to walk and greet him, or whether she got alarmed by seeing him, maybe he was a very impressive kind of person to see. She fell off. And so she said, who is this man who's walking in the field to greet us, towards us? That's my master. Then she covered herself up in a form of modesty. This is the man I'm going to marry. I want to look proper. Now, to bridge the gap, the Ebed comes and tells Yitzchak the whole story. Yitzchak understands this is his bride. He understands that God has directed all of this. And what happens, a beautiful ending to this story. Yitzchak brings her into the tent of Sarah. A tent that for a while, we don't know how long, had been empty. Vayikach et Rivka, remember this, Eved Vayikach, now Vayikach, Vatihi lo li'isha, and he married her. This is marriage, which means that the betrothal of the promise is what happened earlier, perhaps in Haran, Vayahaveha, and he loved her, Vayinachem Yitzchak acharimo, and now he was comforted after the loss of his mother through his wife. A beautiful, beautiful end to this very long story, the longest chapter that we have in Sefer Breshit, and the longest single story, perhaps, that we have, uh, depending how we look at the Yosef cycle, uh, and a story that carries so much, uh, so much pathos to it, so much anticipation and excitement, and of course, culminates in a beautiful way of this marriage that we see all of the orchestration, all of the divine orchestration directing it between the reaction of her family and then her own reaction willingness to go the Evid's insistence that he will not leave without her and he wants to leave now. God has turned this into a fast track and he wants to be with her on the fast track and bring her to Yitzchak. In the meantime, Yitzchak is out in the field. Chazal, of course, famously say he was out in the field saying Mincha. And that was when he met his wife out in the field and the wife that together with him would then create the third generation of the tribe, the generation that would ultimately produce the 12 tribes of Israel.
Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up in the sixth Aliyah on the next podcast. Everyone should have a wonderful day.